0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.
1: Almighty God, on this day, you open the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel, that it may reach to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to begin with a quote by Karl Barth. Karl Barth is a 20th century theologian, German. He essentially lost his job because he wouldn't sign an oath of loyalty to Adolf Hitler. So he's uh, he's he's a real deal theologian and also kind of stood up for what he believed. And in his commentary on uh, the figure of Zechariah from the scriptures, he writes this. And I dare you. not Not to resonate with this. (laughs) Why are we so alone, so unable to share with one another what moves us? We see other people coming and going, each in their own way, and it saddens us that we are so cut off from each other, that there are so many different worlds, you in your house and me in my house, you with your thoughts and me with mine. We feel this is simply not the way life is meant to be this separate life we all lead. And we know that with a single change, we could have infinitely more joy and connection if only we could open our hearts and talk to each other. But then we experience the fact that we are mute, our lips bound. Yes, we certainly talk with each other. We find words all right, but never the right words, never the words that would really do justice to what actually moves us. Never the words that would really lead us out of our loneliness and into community." End quote. And I don't know about you, but when I first read that, I mean, like the goosebumps, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is... And this is perfect for the day of Pentecost, right? The day when our closed lips are opened one, one to another, as we just read, right? This is the day that eternal life is open to every race And Tongue if you remember the stories from Genesis um, and Mark if you were in the refectory mark talked about this But the fall begins with Genesis 3, right? There's a rebellion against God and as a consequence the relationship between humanity is fractured a Lot of us think it ends there But really the first 11 chapters of Genesis are just compounding that initial rebellion that initial fracture between each other. And it climaxes in Genesis 11 with the story of battle. You remember that story where they're building this tower to heaven that the text says essentially it's, it's for us. It's to sh- kind of show how great we are. It's essentially to say, we do not need you, God. We can take care of things in our own way. And the consequence for this, Do you remember our tongues were closed off one to another? We couldn't understand each other. And what people do is they do what God wanted them to do all alone. They actually did spread throughout the world. But it took this great curse to make that happen. Again, our lips closed off one (coughs) to another. Now, the Feast of Pentecost is so important because It is the undoing of Babel In Genesis 12, Abraham is called to be a blessing to the nations. Abraham is called to essentially undo the curse of Babel through this one person, through this one people group, all of the nations will be blessed. There would be this kind of reversal or undoing of the fracture at the beginning of creation. Now, you and I are children of Abraham, and we are not very good at this either. So lest we say, oh, the people of God of the Old Testament, they were big screw-ups. Well, I'm as big of one, if not bigger. So what Abraham was called to do, the spirit of Jesus accomplishes. And we see the beginning of it in Acts 2. We see the beginning of it at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit falls upon upon the disciples. Jews from all over the diaspora diaspora are gathered. People of different languages, different cultures. Peter speaks. And the, the text also says the other disciples are speaking, too. And everyone's amazed. And why are they amazed? Because they can hear and understand. If you're a good Jew, the light bulb is going off. The curse of Babel has been reversed, reversed. or at least it's kind of like the way we talk about Jesus's victory over sin and death, right? We talk about his victory over sin and death. It's once and for all, but at the same time, right, sin runs rampant. Death is very real. This at Pentecost, it is the once and for all doing of Babel. But there's this notion of the already and the not yet. Uh, And the not yet part is what's really frustrating, especially when it comes to lived reality. Right. I I wrote this little reflection on the collect this morning, and I I was going to begin it with some story from some movie that was very distant. But I thought if there's ever a day to be a little bit personal, it's on Pentecost, because we're talking about the undoing of human conflict, of the, you know, where we can understand each other. And I... And I wrote about how there was this friend of mine who I was very close with for five, six years. In fact, she and her husband, they lived with me in my apartment in New York because I had a New York City apartment that a church owned, which means I had two bedrooms, which in New York is, you know, five, six grand per month. It's kind of absurd. (laughs) They were kind of a newly wedded couple. They didn't have any money. I was like, well, I'm not doing anything with this. It was probably a dumb idea, living with a newlywed couple, but, you know, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm just down. So we did that, and I was best friends with them. both of them. Still am, unfortunately, uh, and, and not while they live with me. <laughs> unfortunately, they got a divorce. Um, and the one person and I, who were both Jewish, uh, which may mean nothing to you, but uh, we both know some Yiddish, and there's a lot of culture that we share, so we were best past. And then one day, I don't really want to get into it, something happened uh, to make things very awkward. And it kept happening. And I had to say, I need distance right now. Like, you cannot come to me for this. You have to go to other people. And I was, I mean, I I said that not with like, you know, once and for all kind of thing. But unfortunately, it's kind of turned into that. It's, It's turned into this thing where, Um, there have been mutual apologies. We've tried to kind of reach an understanding, and it feels like we reached that understanding. But inevitably, it's not enduring. It's this rift. Now, I'm talking to you about something in my life. I'm sure at one point or another, whether it's a child, whether it's parents, a colleague, maybe one of your friends, And you know, friendship is such a weird thing, right? It's the the only relationship that you really kind of like choose and can lose. And, you know, so it's very complicated. And, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about this. At times there are friendships that kind of come and go. But this really felt felt like one that I didn't want to lose. And I don't think she wants to lose it either. But the problem is, is that we can't reach this enduring understanding. Um, And after much effort, Personally, I've resigned myself to the fact that I don't think it's, it's going to work out, ah, this side of, of glory, um, which I, I view as very sad. Now, why do I connect this to Pentecost? Pentecost is obviously, first and foremost, about how Jews and Gentiles essentially being gathered together into the the people of God, right? What Abraham was supposed to do all along, the Holy Spirit does in an instant. And what does Paul say about his ministry? His ministry of spreading the gospel to the known world is the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Obviously, first and foremost, to reconcile us to God. But also, this is a component of the gospel and we see it clearly at Pentecost. Reconciliation with one another, people who are weird to us. Maybe you know, I'm that Yankee to you, uh, but you know, I'm probably not as weird to you as maybe someone who doesn't share your language, comes from a totally different culture. You know, oftentimes they come to our culture, but when we're in their culture, things are very weird and very like Uh, the good news of Pentecost. Is that you know, my allegiance first and foremost. Is to a king and a kingdom, even over my country, and my first priority is to my brothers and sisters in Christ, even over you know those who might look and talk and do things like I do. Granted, <laughs> we're supposed to be very close with them too, but I feel like you're you're tracking with me. So if we, if what the Spirit brings us is this ministry of reconciliation. And we are essentially being called to spread this abroad. Again, that's not the full extent of the gospel. I'm not saying that's the gospel alone. The gospel, obviously, is the forgiveness of sins as well. But there's also this notion of the breaking down of barriers, um, which is why it's so difficult for me with this friend. Like, okay, well, shouldn't it? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, your own life, right? Like, why do I persist in this sin? even though Christ has defeated sin. Um, Again, the mystery of the already and the not yet. Um, Um, But for me personally, I think that oftentimes I resign myself a little too quickly to this present evil age, as Paul calls it, or the brokenness of the world. Um, I resign myself to it, uh, and I I make excuses uh, and reflecting upon this class and this day, and and especially this collect, has made me think to myself, I want to reach out to that person once again. Now for some of you out there, you may have broken relationships where it would be not helpful to reach out. So I don't want you to come away from this class thinking like, what I have to do is that one person, um, uh, you know, life is complicated. but regardless, maybe, maybe we are making excuses. And maybe, like me, I, I want to be cool with this person again. Maybe the impetus of Pentecost is to reach out to that person. Uh, because we do believe in the living God, the God who makes a way out of no way and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I want to lean into that and really believe that and not just say, I believe that. Uh, But at the same time, again, if not, if I reach out to this person, if you were to reach out to that person and it didn't happen, well, you know, we'll trust in the God who will, the the not yet, will eventually be made real, will eventually be realized. So I've seen, I like bringing in popular culture because, Personal stories are great, but we need other visuals too. And maybe at the end, I know this stuff is kind of personal, so you don't really need to. <laughs> you definitely don't need to tell me uh, your stories of people you've had problems with. Yes. Maybe it'd be cool if you told stories about like difficulties that you came to mutual understanding. But I saw the ministry of reconciliation play out in this 1990. Movie by a guy named wit Stillman. I don't know if any we have any wit Stillman fans in the room. It's called Metropolitan. He he did movies like The Last Days of Barcelona. You've got to really be a filmophile to be into it. This is kind of like I'm trying to live into. I guess Paul's all reality here, like <laughs> naming movies that no one's seen. Um, but in the movie, if you know anything about uh, New York City, maybe that's why I like it so much. Tom, the protagonist, isn't upper west side socialist this isn't true so much anymore of new york but back in the day right upper west side is the libs upper east side are the you know conservatives um. the Congress, I'm afraid, so I'm sure. yeah 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 <laughs> but it, in the film yeah no that's that is good but in the film tom is an upper west side socialist and he's trying to get involved with audrey an upper east side socialite
0: What's the problem?
1: Well, Tom finds that he can't speak her language. He can't speak the lingua franca of the elite. So, and despite her affection for Tom, Audrey decides to date the pretentious villain of the story. And why does she date him? Because he understands her language. He speaks in a way that she can get. And in the movie, when all hope seems lost, Tom has this Pentecost-like experience. The confusion of tongues come undone. He jumps in a cab, and as the credits scroll, you, the viewer, know for a fact that Tom and Audrey's lips will be opened to each other. They're going to get together. We just, you You know it. Uh, Now, granted, this is about, you know, Romantic love. This is different than the Pentecost experience, but I think it's it's a picture of I don't know why but in this life there's That frustration and oftentimes it's with those closest to us that we just don't get each other or there's this impasse or like why are we fighting? Uh, And we all know the, the right answer to that right the effects of the fall Genesis 3 Babel But we also know the other answer, right? God God has made in in Christ through the spirit. God is renewing creation. He's defeated hostility, sin and death. He's defeated mutual incomprehension. So why are we here? Why are we stuck? Um, And part of it really is. Yeah, of course, another right answer. We're called a lot of times to be to wait and be patient. Two of the things things that I hate most in this life. talk to my mother I am the least patient person at Uh, least that she knows that's what she tells me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe not the least patient you know hopefully not but but yeah like sometimes we really are called to the are already and the not yet is a real thing but I don't think we want to use that as an excuse to be like well nothing really changes kind of become like functional deists like God's not actually at work St. Paul and the rest of the scriptures say very different things, that our God is living, active, and making a way out of no way. And so, yeah, wait and be patient. But also, this is why, you know, I love the, you know, I guess what you call them, the mild charismatics in my life, because they anticipate that God is going to do something. Um, and, you know, they're not always right. But sometimes, you know, I delight too much in saying, ah, uh, here, on this thing, you weren't right. Uh, and I just kind of, like, bury myself in my, like, resignation, despair, or just like, a, you know, this is all, it's all rough. But we really do believe that this same spirit who was poured out at Pentecost has been poured out to us resides in us not by virtue of anything that we've done Uh, that's what baptism is so important right we see a picture of this in Jesus' own life right the the dove comes down on jesus sorry i'm looking this way i want to look both ways Uh, the dove comes down on jesus symbol of the spirit and this is really a picture of the christian life the spirit falls upon us and whatever you think about it this is why i love the picture of infant baptism right a helpless babe Helpless people like you and me, the spirit has fallen upon us, resides in us. And despite, you know, everything we do to fight against that spirit, uh, he's working on us, even when it seems like we're backsliding, right? We're told, hey, don't look to yourself. Look to Christ. Look to his promise. Look to the spirit. If there's any message. That we need to get at Pentecost, It is that this same spirit is living and active and working in your life and working in your relationships. Um, sometimes to humble us, sometimes we're the piece of work, sometimes we're the right, right ones who need to let go of being right. But other times, you know, it's, you can't change someone else. You can't force them to comprehend you or to realize that what they did hurt you or this or that or sometimes we have conversations, the same conversations with the same person over and over. And you feel like you've gotten somewhere, but they cannot let it go. The hope of the gospel, which I think helps us not get jaded, is that there will be a day when that will be undone, God willing now. But ultimately, we know it for sure. Uh, I think the good news of the gospel in this situation, the good news of Pentecost is that we can resist being jaded even if it's not going our way right now, because we know it will. And sometimes, if you're less of a pessimist than I am and your eyes are actually open, we see that this has happened and is happening in our own lives. Um, maybe you're like me, and you're always like, oh, always looking at the negative glass half empty, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, but that's why I need you. I need you, the, the glass half full people, uh, because I say I believe this, and I want to believe this. Um, and let's let's let, let's leave that at that for now. Is there any kind of comments or questions? I have a few more things that I I'm thinking of saying, but I'd rather kind of in the smaller group get any. And it is, <laughs> doesn't have to be a story from your own life or anything like that. But I foresight what I've learned about forgiveness is that um, the other person doesn't have to know. So you can have love and grace and forgiveness for somebody
0: and not involve them. Totally. I've, sometimes I visualize that when I say the Lord's Prayer. We like, does not to trust And then another yeah. thought that I had while you were speaking was...
1: I love those nature shows, but do you ever notice that in the, you know, planet Earth style shows, uh, they only go so far in showing like just how brutal nature is. <laughs> just, I mean, there's a lot of death. So like, I think it just goes all the more powerful to that, that image, that metaphor that's used in the scripture. Uh, the wolf and the lion or the lion and the lamb are going to lie down. They're not at
0: odds against each other as much as they are really <clears throat>
1: <laughs> I think that's the point. I think it's the point, though. If if it's possible in this instance, how much more for you people who don't need to eat each other <laughs> to survive? <laughs> Sorry
2: for that. I to say the babel is God breaking everyone up, and I think Pentecost is God bringing them back together. Don't believe Revelation? You see one gonna go back to one city. Yeah. Go from one city to break up to back one city, but Christ is the thing that holds us together and that makes me think that all these you know, we live in a ever connected world, there's all these kind of ideas that we can have, you know, humanity is one and I think there's a secular sense of trying to pull us together, but to me the story of Babel and Pentecost tell us that all those efforts will fail unless the thing that brings us together Uh is Christ as the umbrella. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're bound together by Christ and mm-hmm. the Spirit, these efforts at oneness, God will continually break up. Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of gives me an idea of like looking at history and the way our world works. Like we shouldn't expect socialism, capitalism, democracy, you know, UN world government, all that's gonna fail because ultimately they're based on humanity trying to redo battle rather than bring together and under Christ.
1: Yeah, no, um, uh, so it's, on, oh,
2: sorry. on with you with the pessimism thing. I'd love
1: yeah. to walk out of it with you at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean hey, man, yeah, that's the, the the church. We need each other. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I think people who like theology tend to like part of my appreciation for it is I, I unconsciously think I'll study enough and that I'll be complete in myself. and That's never going to happen. And you might not be a theologian. Maybe you are. A lot of you are here. Whatever you are. Where are you trying to find that area where you're trying to get complete? I did find interesting that uh, Mark brought up something I hadn't thought of in his sermon. I was at the 730 service, that's how I heard him. But he talked about how in the Tower of Babel story, right, it's this new technology that we're using to essentially supplant God. And He talked about how, do not think that there aren't towers of Babel today. Don't be so naive. I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. One other thing. Oh no, go ahead.
2: That raises uh, something I was just thinking about. Both of your comments are there. They're, it's um, So yeah, the other besides the confusion of the language in the Tower of Babel. I mean, that other feature that's so poignant is this, it's a highly technological, highly urban society, and just like the movie you know that you're describing, this, this kind of confusion of languages that we all experience right now is you know it's, it's, you feel like you can't talk to people mm, until you. That's good. You know, you might violate. Their political kind of yeah. uh, yeah. beliefs—you might step on their toes, uh, you know, you, and you don't know what language to use. And the canons of the appropriate language are changing, you know, very yeah. fast. But it also, but it coincides with this highly urban, technological society, just like you know. Uh, Topical. I just wonder if you have any other
1: kind of, you know. Yeah. On that. No, no, no. I, th- I mean, I, that was a, that's a great question. Uh, I don't have a reflection on it yet because that really just came to mind when Mark was preaching. If anybody does. Throw it out there, but. Um, Except that yeah. what you just said, I mean, we live in a society where we think we can build utopia yeah. on Earth. Yeah.
2: And, 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 and it has this kind of.
1: And you could see why it's like yeah. that's not a bad thing, right? In yeah. the sense of. Well, ultimately, there's ultimately,
2: we're supposed to be, right?
1: I mean, the picture of.
2: The New Jerusalem is we're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. there's it's this. Under sp- one group. Yeah. I'm sorry. a oh, right yearning. Means to that end is, is yeah and, and broken right because we're looking for to do it without God
1: yeah you would think I mean yeah if, if this is what we're created for if this is where we came from you can understand the like kind of intrinsic human yearning for that yeah. if anything I mean I don't know if you could do too much work with this but it, it's kind of like a little bit of like oh okay like well maybe that's where we're headed, headed or hopefully headed um, if it's like just so built into us to want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because a lot of these people, I mean, sure, there's people who don't mean well and just kind of want to get rich or this or that. But there are people who, like, it really is kind of a it's not just for them, it's not just to self aggrandize or to get super rich. It's they really want the best for the world. Um, and yet, like, you know, I don't know. I've, if you have a Jewish background, anyone, i anyone ever Anyone talks about creating this perfect system, I, my first thought is well, who's going to have to die? Uh, to make it happen. Uh, it's uh yeah I'm, I'm averse to, to totalitarian claims on every side, but um. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say, and then please jump in, is we notice too there is a difference, right? Um, in the first couple chapters of Genesis, we'll good on time. Yes, in the first couple chapters of Genesis, <clears throat> the people are told to fill the earth multiply. There's part of a notion here at Babel, like, well, we don't, we don't want to. I don't want to make that do too much work. It's like, we're, we're here, and part of the confusion of tongues is what makes people, according to the story anyway, scatter and fill the earth. At Pentecost, while it is a reversal in the sense of our closed lips are open to one another, that we realize that people in different languages, different cultures, um, in Christ, that person is my brother, that person is my sister. But Pentecost is not uniformity, right? It's not like those, those distinctives of cultures fade away, right? Uh, which kind of goes into what a lot of scholars think was meant by the fill the earth multiply it I want different cultures Uh, we see this in the in in heaven right every tribe tongue and nation they're not speaking the same language sure I think the idea is they're they're not the same culture and yet we're united and yet we appreciate each other so again it's it's not saying there's going to be some kind of monoculture that differences are done away with it's kind of that fulfilling of what, what God wanted all along. Fill the earth, be different tribes, tongues, and nations. Um, but yet there's, and I think this is helpful, again, for living reality, what we were talking about a second ago. Uh, unfortunately, and I think this is true on both sides of our polarized political system, it's, it's a, there's a desire for uniformity. Um, and again, Jewish years, that's really scary. Who's gonna who's gonna die Um, but uh yeah I mean so again I don't want to say I've exhausted Pentecost or the Holy Spirit this class really is like random theology this is Holy Spirit next week is Trinity Sunday we're we're gonna do the Trinity we're We're gonna gonna go from there not being exhaustive on the Holy Spirit I wanted to just kind of for me anyway this reflecting on Pentecost especially in relation to to battle, has made it fresh has made the doctrine of the Holy Spirit come alive. And not just, you know, for those people out there, uh, not just a, isn't it great that every nation, tongue, and tribe, that we can call them brothers and sisters, but what about my own life? What about your lived reality, your everyday experience? What might this mean for, for us? Again, things are broken People are abusive, situations can get really bad, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and be like, well, if you call them, everything's gonna be fine. Um, But at the same time, I don't wanna be cynical and leave the door open for, all right. The spirit fell at Pentecost in Jerusalem. The spirit can fall in Birmingham, Alabama on 2844 Fairway Drive, Um, or wherever we are right now. (laughs) That's my address, not here. Um, so but, yeah. Anybody else? We can.
2: We, we still got, got time, to, but
1: I also kind of like when things are short. So I'm just. I mean, I'm just thinking about what. I'm not going to say this very
0: well. Um, you know, the idea of the New Jerusalem and, and eternity, and what you said about it's not asking. We're not called to uniformity. Differences will still be there. It's just they're underneath the, that unity of, of Christ. So they're so they're um, they're placed underneath. Um, our uniquenesses are less important than than our devotion to Christ. And then the idea of what's it, what are we called to in our everyday life. Um, I mean the whole thing about the gospel and reconciliation is, is that's that's how we that's how we're supposed to show the world about the gospel is I, I don't know how to do that but yeah. I mean one, one way that I have heard <clears throat> about helping in that way is to be curious mm, good. about you know what's God doing about us being here in downtown
2: Birmingham and surrounded by lots of diversity. Yeah. What yeah. does you know, what does that mean? Anyway. Yeah, oh, that's a good really good thought. So I I thought about uh I say a thing about that in my everyday life in my practice I'll have somebody like a Mexican or somebody from another country that comes in and you know we're not really communicating very well and then we discover we have, we share the same faith and then we got the mutual language and it, it just proceeds from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in the economy of God, they're like oddly closer to them than people who can understand your wording. Yeah, yeah, Well no, that's that's good. Anybody else? I had something that came to mind, I lost it, so but it was probably no good. So, well, thanks for joining me. N- next week, we're gonna, you know, just keep it simple, uncomplicated. We're gonna talk about the Trinity. So there we go. But also. Not just the Trinity here, abstract land. All right. It's important that we acknowledge the reality of the Trinity. The truth. But like, how does it hit lived reality? So if you're here, come. If not, it's recorded. Go to the beach. <laughs> how Theology Summer. Here we go.
0: You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.